Throughout the American West, regular troops delivered state-sanctioned violence to execute United States law and policy. To accomplish this task, the U.S. military established multiple forts to supply military troops to punish Indian plundering, drive specific tribes onto legitimate reservations, or force Indians to the treaty table. The Wild West Podcast proudly presents Military Forts, Part 5 of Trails, Forts, Treaties, and Indian Wars. In Part 5, a description is provided on how the U.S. military maintained its presence in Kansas through a chain of forts. The establishment of these forts along the heavily traveled trails were part of a practice that often expanded randomly over the nation's frontier. Six forts were located in the central and western portions of the state. They were established to render defense to the frontier as both the Indians and the settlers came in contact with each other. These forts were established principally on the Santa Fe and Smoky Hill Trail. Sherman considered the security of these routes as an essential task of the military. Fort Zara, established 1864, Fort Larned, established 1859, and Fort Dodge, established 1865, were located along the route of the Santa Fe Trail. Fort Ellsworth, established 1864 and renamed Fort Harker in 1866, Fort Fletcher, established 1865, later renamed Fort Hayes in 1866, and Fort Wallace, established 1865, supported the Smoky Hill Trail and the general vicinity of the Union Pacific Railroad. For the next 15 years, these posts were the focal point of military activities throughout Kansas. The name Fort is perhaps a misnomer when applied to the Western Frontier's military posts during the 60s. No vast structure of defense is associated with the name Fort when related to early Kansas history. Nor did the Western Fort possess a stockade or blockhouse for defensive purposes. Officers' quarters, soldiers, barracks, stables, military storehouses, and headquarter buildings grouped around a trim parade ground constituted the Frontier Fort. Thus, the forts in central and western Kansas, functional as they were, did not resemble the commonly held image of a fortress surrounded by a log palisade. Elizabeth Custer, the wife of George Armstrong Custer, recorded her first view and impression of Fort Riley in 1867. It was my first view of a frontier post. I'd either been afraid to confess my ignorance or so assured there was but one variety of fort, and the subject needed no investigation, that Fort Riley came upon me as a great surprise. I suppose, of course, it would be like Fortress Monroe with some stone walls, turrets for sentinels, and a deep moat. As I heard more about Indians since reaching Kansas, a vision of the enclosure where we would eventually live was a great comfort to me. I could scarcely believe that the buildings, a story and a half high, placed around a parade ground were all there was to Fort Riley. Mrs. Custer's description of Fort Riley would be similar to a report of any of the other forts in Kansas. On the treeless plain, the fort was often the picture of stark isolation. However, the post played a central role in supporting the Army's activities on the frontier, and its design, while often primitive, was functional. The purposes for which a frontier fort was constructed 
were to keep open lines of travel and communication and to protect outlying settlements. A fort was located out of a military necessity at a certain point along a shipping line as a supply point or meeting place for carrying out a campaign. The military carried out their various frontier missions from these posts, primarily escort duties for wagon trains, emigrants, and railroad construction parties. Often, each post was commanded by a captain, and it was a rare occurrence when more than two or three companies were stationed at one post at any given time. To further complicate the administration of these forts, the commanding officers of these posts often changed as companies moved from one post to another. Nearly all the permanent military establishments within the state of Kansas were built to serve as guardians of the great highways to Colorado and New Mexico. The Santa Fe Trail was defended by three of these, Fort Zara, Larned, and Dodge, while Forts Riley, Harker, Hayes, and Wallace stood guard over the Smoky Hill route to Denver. Fort Leavenworth, the father of all Kansas military posts, stood at the head of both of these famous trails and connected with the Platte Trail to California and Oregon Trails. During the 60s, Kansas was defended by two types of forts. The United States Army posts of both classes, garrisoned by Army regulars and the local defensive fort, Fort Wallace was also in service. The military heeded to it that the soldiers themselves established these early forts or cantonments. Shelters initially often constructed of tents. Atavistic dugouts or crude huts were often used until the more permanent structures could be built. Living conditions for these temporary posts in the 1860s were often very harsh, a condition aggravated by miserable weather. The early temporary structures of these posts often subjected their inhabitants to the environment. A correspondent visiting Fort Harker in 1867 noted, We are living in a hovel. It is 12 feet square and made of rough logs set upright, palisade style, and plastered with mud, sticks, straw, and boughs. The mud persists in falling to the inside at all hours of the day and night. It drops on our plates at dinner time and into our mouths if we are so careless as to sleep with our mouths open, otherwise into our faces. We recently had the bright idea of stretching a piece of canvas above our bed, thus defying the mud. Unfortunately, the first night we were under this canopy, it snowed, and the tent cloth caught several bushels of snow that drifted through the cracks in the roof and walls. Towards morning, a thaw released a stream of water onto us. General Sherman, now commanding General of the Army, reported in his annual report to the Secretary of War in 1869 on the barracks' poor quality at Frontier Post. I have personal knowledge that the huts in which our troops are forced to live are in some places inferior to what horses usually have in this city. Nearly all these posts are temporary in nature and character. Still, as time progresses and roads become established, we can choose the fundamental strategic points, and at these, we should have good quarters for troops. I hope the Secretary will ask a liberal appropriation, subject to his control, for the erection of necessary barracks. Sherman had another excellent reason for his request, for additional funding for barracks improvement. Shortly before he assumed his current assignment, War Department General Order No. 95, published in November 1868, announced strict guidelines on the construction of buildings on military posts. No permanent barracks, quarters, hospitals, etc. shall be erected but by the order of the Secretary of War. In view of the frequent changes in stations of troops involving the abandonment of military posts, 
Officers are prohibited from expending any labor or money on them beyond what is allowed by the strict letter of the law and regulation upon penalty of being held peculiarly responsible for a violation of this order. Fort Leavenworth was the first permanent United States Army fort established in Kansas. It was founded by Colonel Henry Leavenworth. From that date until well into the 70s, Fort Leavenworth on the Missouri served as a chief unit in the frontier defense system. Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, first known as Catonement Leavenworth, was established on the bluffs overlooking the Missouri River's western bank on May 8, 1827. Fort Leavenworth was the first settlement in Kansas territory. The post was evacuated in May 1829 and occupied by Kickapoo Indians until it was re-garrisoned in the fall of 1829. The post name was changed to Fort Leavenworth on February 8, 1832. Leavenworth initially served as Quartermaster Depot, Arsenal, and Troop Post. The catonement was dedicated to protecting the fur trade and safeguarding commerce on the Santa Fe Trail. The Leavenworth garrison's primary task was to protect the Osage, Kansas, Kickapoo, and Delaware Indians who had ceded neighboring lands to the United States during the previous decade. Throughout the early 1800s, the Eastern Indian tribes were moved steadily westward due to pressure from American settlers, entrepreneurs, missionaries, trappers, and gold seekers. Eventually, in 1830, Congress created an Indian territory that included all of the territories along the border of eastern Kansas, the land north of Kansas and west of the Missouri River in Oklahoma. The tribes from the north of the Ohio River and from as far east as Delaware were moved to reservations in eastern Kansas. The tribes from south of Ohio were moved to reservations in what is now Oklahoma. Soon, the small garrison of Fort Leavenworth found itself in the center of this great Indian migration. Its mission was to maintain the peace among so many tribes with increasing movement of whites throughout the territory. Additionally, much of this area was already inhabited by the nomadic tribes such as the Cheyenne, Pawnee, Kiowa, Comanches, and others who roamed this vast grassland and lived off hunting the great herds of buffalo found there. Fort Leavenworth quickly became a primary destination for thousands of soldiers, surveyors, and settlers who passed through on their way to the immense west. During these early years, soldiers from Fort Leavenworth protected wagon trains hauling supplies over the Santa Fe, Oregon, and other trails to most forts, posts, and military camps of the West. For the next 30 years, Fort Leavenworth became the chief base of operations on the Indian frontier. Their primary mission, to control the American Indian tribes on the Western Plains. Between 1865 and 1891, the Army had more than 1,000 combat engagements with Apache, Modoc, Cheyenne, Ute, Nez Perce, Comanche, Kiowa, Kickapoo, and other tribes. The Indians wanted to maintain their lands and sovereignty, and the United States government wanted to locate the Indians on reservations. With the constant breaking of treaties and an inability to send the Indians promised supplies, the Indians did not feel compelled to keep treaties on their end. Fort Leavenworth was directly involved in the Indian Wars through 1878, when Chief Joseph's Nez Perce tribe was detained at the fort after their defeat of 1877. Fort Leavenworth's establishment was only the beginning of a chain of forts that would occur during the years of 1864 and 1865. 
A new chain of forts would extend along the Smoky Hill Valley, which ran the Butterfield Overland Dispatch from Leavenworth and Atchison to Denver. Forts Harker, Wallace, and Hayes were built in the order named to guard this shortcut to Denver, which passed through the most Indian-infested regions in Kansas. By establishing posts along the travel routes, the military hoped to create a feeling of omnipresence among the Indians and discourage them from hostile acts. The plan's basis was sound, but it failed to achieve its desired results when put into operation. The plan was destined to fail because the number of regular army troops assigned to the western forts was too small to effectively patrol such a vast area. In June 1864, Fort Ellsworth, Kansas was established on the northeast side of the Smoky Hill River. The fort was designated to protect the traders and travelers along the Santa Fe Trail and the Smoky Hill Trail to Denver, Colorado. Fort Harker, originally Fort Ellsworth, was built near Ellsworth's present town, 36 miles west of Salina. It was located on the Smoky Hill River crossing on the old Santa Fe Stage Road. A brief description of it is given by the traveler Bell, who refers to it as a well-built three-company post with spacious storehouses filled with munitions of war, but like all these military establishments, carrying out in no particular the term fort. The construction of the post became the responsibility of 2nd Lieutenant Allen Ellsworth of Company H, 7th Iowa Cavalry, for whom the post was named. In 1866, the fort was renamed Fort Harker, in honor of General Charles Garrison Harker, who died in combat during the Civil War. The following year, the fort was relocated one mile to the northeast, closer to the Union Pacific Railroad terminus, and the buildings of the old fort were torn down. The railroad was completed in July 1867, and Fort Harker soon became a central supply post for forts farther west, as well as a number of military campaigns to subdue the Indians. No sooner was the new fort completed when a cholera epidemic broke out. From June to December 1867, more than 800 cases were reported, resulting in the deaths of more than 50 people, both civilians and soldiers alike. Regardless of the disease running rampant through the post, Fort Harker became the starting point and significant base of Major General Winfield S. Hancock's 1,400-man expedition of 1867 that sought to intimidate the Cheyenne and other Kansas tribes. Burning villages and pursuing the Indians relentlessly, his efforts never resulted in a significant engagement. Instead, they served to inflame the Indians, who often led the soldiers on wild goose chases across a sea of grassland. The Indians retaliated by attacking wagon trains even more. Over the next several years, General Philip Sheridan, General Nelson Miles, and George Armstrong Custer would utilize the post as a preparation point for their various campaigns against the Plains Indians. During its active career of nine years, Fort Harker proved to be a bulwark of defense against the hostile Indians. Trails, Forts, Treaties, and Indian Wars offers quintessential depictions of the early Kansas trails from historical accounts and individual experiences. The author describes what it was like to travel along the Santa Fe Trail as a bullwhacker, Indian fighter, and freighter. The book is complete with 10 chapters providing accounts of the early Cheyenne Indian culture and Kansas westward expansion 
from the earliest conflicts to establishing military forts along the trails. This book features legendary figures from both sides, including Roman Nose and Jack Stilwell at the Battle of Beecher Island, and Private Peck, and First Lieutenant J.E.B. Stewart in the Solomon's Fork Battle. The essays and short stories are formatted in chronological history, originating in 1857 and ending in 1868, covering the inception of the Central Plains Indian Wars during the Kansas expansion. Michael King relies on primary Kansas Historical Society reference documents to reveal the Indian depredation claims, giving the reader a more extensive understanding of the horrors of Indian incursions, especially when experienced by new settlers to the region. Trails, Forts, Treaties, and Indian Wars is based on true accounts in early Kansas history. The book is narrated by Brad Smalley, and you can play the audio version of the book by scanning the QR code below each chapter. Trails, Forts, Treaties, and Indian Wars is now on sale at Amazon.com.